Welcome back in everyone to a fabulous new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. I'm very excited to be welcoming on our guest. I'm honored to be bringing on our guest today and to be sharing them with you. We have the CEO of Theater Maker Studio, Monica Hammond. She's joining us today to talk about her role at Theater Maker Studio, as well as tell us a little bit about what they do. And this is such an honor because, of course, Theater Maker Studio is associated with another former guest we've had on, Ken Davenport, the producer, who currently has two shows on Broadway, A, A Beautiful Noise and Harmony. But... This studio is very, very well known, and now we have the new CEO, so let's welcome her on. Monica, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to be speaking with you and your fabulous audience. Oh, thank you so much. I am excited to have you here. I'm excited to learn more about your work. I'm excited to learn more about you. I mean, just a little bit of time we've been talking, you already come off as just this fascinating person. And Never I, I'm, a dull so, moment. <laughs> I'm so sad we only have an hour to speak because I feel like we could go on and on. But I'm going to jump right to it. So the first thing I'd love to ask you is, could you tell us a little bit about Theater Maker Studio, what, what you run essentially? Sure. Yeah. So the Theater Maker Studio was founded by Ken Davenport around eight years ago, really to help theater professionals, writers, producers, actors, immersive theater artists, really everyone who identifies as a theater maker, help them have the tools, training, and resources that they need to get their shows on the stage. So what we do at the studio is we offer all different types of training courses. Some of them are on demand. Sometimes we do live workshops. We bring in guest speakers in the industry. We actually have Sandy Rustin, who wrote The Cottage on Broadway right now, coming up next week as one of our guests. So yeah, we do a lot with just really just the mission to help make more theater and better theater as well. That is incredible. I love that. That's amazing work. Thank so you. let let me now turn a little bit to you and ask, you know, how did you come upon this organization? That is such a good question. So I'll try to keep my backstory short, but I am from St. Louis, came to New York to be an actor. I went to NYU, have my BFA, and I had a theater company that I was running in New York City for about a decade, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. And eventually, I really just fell into marketing. I found a real love and passion for that. So I ended up working with Ken Davenport. I was his director of marketing for about eight years. And that's when I started working on the Theater Maker Studio. We actually, early into when I was working with him, he founded the studio because he was doing all these workshops and things. And he's like, you know what? We have all this content and all of this training available. Right now, we were just like doing it once and then it would you know, sit on a desktop somewhere. So that's how we really started the studio as more of a membership model where people had access to these, tra- this really like comprehensive vault of trainings that now kind of make up our training courses. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I, I do want to switch back now to the Theater Maker Studio. And I want to ask, you know, how can people get involved with the studio? How can people submit work or or attend these workshops or whatnot? Yeah, so the best way to really stay in the know is to go to our site, theatermakerstudio.com, 
And there's, you know, like I said, there's always something going on. We also have like an online community. Most of our things are paid. Some of our opportunities are free. So you can simply enroll in whatever level is of interest to you. We try to make everything that we do as affordable and as accessible as possible. For example, the Sandy Rustin conversation is part of our Stage Connect community that is around $19 a month. So really trying to keep this at a level where people in the theater industry can hopefully easily afford that. And we're giving amazing value in return. So, and that's just, you know, this conversation series, just one part of the, the Stage Connect community as well. So yeah, check us out, sign up for any of our, we have some freebie offers as well. We have a really cool 30 day play challenge that created years ago that Eric Webb, who was Ken Davenport's director of creative development, filmed for us. And it's really like a guided 30 day challenge that helps people create a play. It's great for people who, have never written for sure. It's a really great starting place. Or even if you have, you know, written plays and you're trying to get something else off the ground, it's it's great. That is a free resource. So coming into our system, it certainly doesn't have to be a paid thing, but yeah, also our email list. We do it all time, all kinds of like every week we do three emails focused on writing, producing, and marketing. So lots of lots of opportunities there. That's amazing. <laughs> and is Theater Maker Studio exclusively just for the New York City area or is it, are the reaches beyond? Yeah, the reach is all over the country. We have people actually all over the world as well who have been members and parts of our courses and uh, conferences and things over the years. But definitely, it's not just focused on New York City. We have in our main course, we have stuff about regional theater, community theater, theater for young audiences all over the country. So it's definitely not just New York centric. That's amazing. You all are literally giving the tools, the extra tools needed to artists to continue to create the next uh, generation of work, which is so exciting. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love this <laughs> box that, that we're exploring today. Yes. Now I want to turn the conversation back to you a little bit, because one thing that I absolutely love, and as we mentioned before, is that, you know, you are a female CEO in the theater, which is yes. amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> relatively rare. <laughs> yeah. And so I would love to ask, what has your experience as a woman in, as a CEO in, in this role in the theater mm -hmm. been like? Well, it's so interesting. You know, it's the only, it's my only experience. So I don't necessarily personally know the, you know, the difference, but I will say in terms of the marketing world specifically, which is where I live a lot of the time, it's quite rare to see a woman in marketing, it's getting more common, of course, but it just tends to be an industry that's dominated by men. And theater is often the same way. Producers, while there are, you know, many very successful, high-powered female producers, it is less common. So I personally, I feel very proud to be where I am today, to, you know, have the colleagues and the businesses that I have. And as a woman, it just, you know, the little cherry on top. <laughs> yes. What things are you most excited about in the theater, either now or to come? Ooh, that's a great question. I feel like this moment right now is really pivotal for the New York City theater scene specifically, but even more specifically, the immersive theater scene, which is where I, when, when I put my producing and creating hat on, that's where I like to live. And Sleep No More just announced closing, here Lies Love is closing. The Gatsby production closed a few months ago. So it's a really interesting time where these sort of large 
immersive events are are closing. So it's a question of like, what does that mean? And what are the new opportunities or the new shows that could come in and fill a need there? And that's what I'm currently working on as a theater artist myself is creating, I have a couple projects in the works, but one is with my one of my other companies is called Broadway Murder Mysteries. We do a lot of murder mystery and immersive type events, corporate events. We even, you know, sell our games. And that was born out of the pandemic, by the way. But yeah, so we're working on a show right now that's like a 70s disco, Studio 54, kind of nightlife, kind of theater vibe. Very, you know, an immersive experience. So just personally and selfishly, that's, you know, I'm kind of excited to see where the nightlife and immersive theater world goes. Yeah, I think that's probably what I'm most excited about. That's fabulous. And I got to say, I would love to see a 70s nightlife murder mystery on Broadway. And yes. I'm going to make it happen, Monica. I'm pretty sure to you. I got to tell Death, you. Death comp- at the Disco. It's coming. <laughs> I, I'm there. I'm there. Bells ringing, opening night. I'm there. I, <laughs> I love a good murder mystery. <laughs> What changes would you like to see made in the theater? Hmm. I mean, definitely we're heading towards the right direction in terms of diversity and inclusion, but certainly more diversity on Broadway, especially in the producing roles and in the business roles. I don't see a lot of people of color in women as well. It's interesting. So right now through the Theater Maker Studio, we just launched a new mentorship program and I'm one of the mentors. I focus on marketing. I have another mentor that focuses on producing and another one who's on writing. The other two are are men and they're wonderful and they're incredibly qualified, but I'm having a hard time. I want to have more diversity in our faculty and it's just it's just sucks <laughs> that it's so hard to find find people that that I can bring into the fold that that are not white men. <laughs> Sorry to say. No, I you're 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 definitely bringing the attention to to a long-standing issue. And I just want to say I admire that you all have that mentorship because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who have fallen, you know, who who are like me who who went to school for acting but they found themselves doing something different. Yeah, just like and me. If they're in a role of like marketing or producing or something, it's like this wasn't taught in college. I just kind of fell into it and I picked it up and I learned it. It was like an apprenticeship. Right. And the fact that you all are providing that education is amazing. So rather than trial by error, you know, baptism by fire, you all are like, look, we've done this. Why don't you come here and let us teach you since it's not being offered elsewhere. That is amazing. Exactly. I'm so happy. I hope a lot of people hear this and now they know where to go over to Theater Maker Studio for that apprenticeship, for that mentorship. That's amazing. And then hopefully that will lead to more diversity as well on your faculty. That would be incredible. We're we're actively working on that. (laughs) 2024 goals. We're already making the list. Yes. (laughs) I want to ask, what has been the hardest thing for you to overcome as a female CEO? Hmm. The hardest thing to overcome as a female CEO, I don't, I don't honestly feel, I don't feel like there's anything that has to do with me being a woman. Like I feel very respected by people regardless of gender. As a CEO, I mean, there's so many challenges. I was just talking to a guy that I'm co-producing with, who's also a CEO of his own company called Quiet Events. And we were commiserating about like, just like 
employees and how they're wonderful, but there's so much that comes with managing a team, right? So that's, I don't know that that's something that I've had to overcome, but it's certainly a challenge that as a CEO comes up and how do you manage people effectively? How do you get them excited and retain people and health insurance and all that? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, I, I can only imagine that. But I'm, I, I will say, I'm happy to hear that for you as a woman, you haven't had to face a lot of challenges in that role. That makes my heart happy. I hope that gets to stay that way. Yes, you. absolutely. <laughs> My final two questions for this first part I want to ask are, what is the message or thought that you hope listeners take away from this conversation? That's a great question. I hope that listeners take away the fact that there's really resources and tools out there that can help them avoid mistakes, help them come off as more professional. And for me, my goal with the Theater Makers Studio is to empower people to create their own work instead of, you know, constantly pitching producers or feeling like they have to be discovered or have someone else take their idea to the next level. For me, anyone can do it. You know, like I am from St. Louis. I didn't have any connections here in New York. I learned about making theater the hard way by doing it, right? And if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's so wonderful. I love it. Finally, a two-prong question, if you will. One is, who do you hope have access to Theater Maker Studio? And then who do you hope have access to this world that you, you yourself, exist in? Hmm. In terms of who I'd like to have access to the Theater Maker Studio, really any creative uh, writers, producers in particular can benefit very much from what the work that we do, but also actors. That's a, an area that we haven't tapped into as much, but for me, coming from an acting background, I think it's so important for actors to empower themselves to create their own work because ultimately it's just such a disempowering, if that's a word, profession where you're just always chasing the next gig and waiting for a chance to perform. So if you can get yourself out there and either write a solo show or collaborate with, with another writer and you know get a piece out there that can be a vehicle for yourself so you're not just waiting for the next phone call, then those are the types of people that I would really like to see have access to what we do. And then in terms of my world... Who do I hope has access to my world? I, I mean, my whole world is about what would I call being an entertainment entrepreneur. So I, I like helping people in the entertainment field make more theater and also make more money. <laughs> That's one of my other huge passions is helping people who have any type of entertainment background, not just the theater, find a way to create steady income for themselves outside of the sort of gig to gig life. I'm very much a proponent of having like a course-based business, coaching, consulting, all of that. And with my, my other business called Big Leap Brands, that's a lot of what we focus on is helping people grow and scale their side hustles and businesses so that they can really support themselves. Please listen carefully. things up now for the second half of our interview and give our listeners the chance to get to know you a little bit better, pull the curtain back as it were. And I want to kick things off with our perennial first question, which is what or who inspires you? 
what playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? Yeah, I think I, I mentioned earlier that I'm very into immersive theater. So actually shows like Sleep No More have inspired me. I just saw Speakeasy Magic on Wednesday night and that was like totally mind blowing. And I just, I'm inspired by people creating experiences, especially when there's something about that experience that makes your jaw drop, right? And from a marketing perspective, I always say that the best marketing is a great show and having something, some sort of wow factor. And it doesn't have to be a crazy expensive spectacle, but just something that makes it so unique, so special, that makes people want to talk about it. That's what I find really exciting and inspiring. I will also say that having worked with Ken Davenport for so long, I look at him as a mentor and someone who does inspire fire me. And it's so funny because I never thought I would be in this place where, you know, he's very much what I consider to be an entertainment entrepreneur with so many businesses and shows going on. And I never thought that I'd, I'd be like a little mini Ken Davenport, but it has turned out to be who I am becoming. <laughs> so I think Ken also inspires me. Love that. That's incredible. <laughs> kind of building on, on what you just mentioned a little bit. Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You had mentioned the Speakeasy. Yeah, Speakeasy show. Magic. Unfortunately, so I live on Long Island just outside of the city, so I don't get to see theater as often as I really want to, but it is a goal to see way more. I recently saw The Cottage on Broadway, which was really fun. I love a good comedy, just like straight comedy vibes. I also, I love musicals, but... I do tend to prefer like straight plays. So that was great. Speakeasy Magic was so cool. It's, I don't want to give away like the whole, I, I won't talk about the wow factor that you get at the very beginning, but man, there was, there the way you enter that show was like, ah, oh, God, I wish I'd thought of this, you know? Within the show itself, it's just like some of the world's best magicians, like close up, sleight of hand type stuff where, I mean, this one guy, a person on my team went with me, one of my team members, and she had to like draw a doodle on a, a, you know, a card. And that card ended up inside of a lime that was a whole lime that he cut open and then pulled the freaking card out of the lime. Like, how do you do that? You know? So anyway, I don't know if you call it theater. I don't know if you call it just magic. It was somewhere in between. But again, that's what I love. Something that's that's more than what it seems. So I recommend that. Oh, I wish I could say I've seen more recently, but that's about it. <laughs> no, that's a great list. And I complete, it counts as theater. It entertains in some way, it connects an audience. And I, I need to see this. I would love to know with the journey that you've gone on. I mean, you, you started as an actress and now you've arrived here as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, producer, all that kind of stuff. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh, that's a great question. For me, working in the theater is about endless creativity. And, and also, I'm always trying to think of the audience and like, what is that thing in a show that I think of as a marketing element? But I'm like, what is the thing in any show that I'm developing that is going to be that thing that people are like, I'm going to go on that podcast and talk about that one thing, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to tell all my friends that that one thing happened. So I'm doing that right now with one of the immersive shows that I'm developing. And I think I've come up with something that I'm like, this is going to be it, you know? 
So it's just that excitement, that that energy that I don't think you can get in like any other field, right? And then also the people. The people are just, you know, there's certainly some crazies in our business, but the the people that are the true like like grit salt of the earth type theater makers, you know, they're they're in it, their passion is infectious and that's that's what I love. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And I'm I, your enthusiasm is getting me so excited for the show. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank I you. Can't, I cannot wait. And that leads us to my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? Oh, I would say the first thing that comes to mind, and when I think of like my my favorite memories with theater, is when I was in high school. My father took me to Broadway. I'm from St. Louis, like I said, so it was it was a trip. And we saw the very first Broadway show I ever saw was Proof on Broadway with Mary Louise Parker. And it just blew me away in its subtlety, in the performances, in the the way that that play is structured. And for me, it was like my first time being in a big Broadway theater. And it was just such an awesome moment that has stuck with me. And then, and this tells you about the kind of parent my dad was, but <laughs> we also went to see Rocky Horror Picture Show on Broadway. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, you know, 16 year old. So it was, which was great. But to have those two, I mean, truly polar opposite theatrical experiences was was really, really fun. And that show was great too. It hasn't stuck with me quite in the same way. Because like I said, I, I, I personally, as an actor, I'm not a musical theater person. I don't dance. I don't sing. I know my strengths, right? So I was always more interested in the straight play dramas. So I think that's why Proof really stuck with me. And actually, I got into NYU doing a monologue that I kind of cobbled together from that show. So there you go. (laughs) That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love, love that memory. What an experience. So I'm so glad you got to see that show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm starting to get back into acting a little bit as well. And which is really fun and exciting because I'm in such a different place in my life where I don't need it. It's not like that that desperate actor, you know, that so many people can be. And I was certainly one in my 20s. But the role of Claire, the sister in that show, is like a dream role for me. I would love that. Mm-hmm. I love, love that role. So anybody listening who's producing Proof... <laughs> You give me a call. I feel like it's time for a revival. That's all I'm going to say out there. (laughs) Well, are there any other projects or productions that either you or Theater Maker Studios have coming in the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's actually not officially announced. So we'll say this is the official announcement. I'm going to be bringing back the Theater Makers Studio Summit. So it's our annual conference that we haven't done since the pandemic. We did like a virtual version in the in the pandemic, but working on a very, very exciting partnership with a very cool venue in the city to, to bring this back for a lot of people. And my goal, again, is to, for the first time ever, based on this space, be able to have hopefully many, many, many breakout rooms for networking opportunities, rooms where we can have you know, industry professionals be there to have more intimate Q&A sessions. So it's not just the like main stage moment, speakers and all of that. It's really a lot of networking, which is something that just because of space limitations, we haven't been able to do in the past. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be most likely in April of 2024. That is fantastic. I am excited. We will 
stay tuned to that. And that's a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Theater Maker Studio or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Sure. So if you want to know more about Theater Makers Studio, it's simply theatermakersstudio.com or you can find us on social. And for me, yeah, I'd love for people to check me out at bigleapbrands.com. That's my my company where I work with entertainment entrepreneurs. I have a group coaching program where I help people on a weekly basis during group coaching calls scale their businesses, offering really a lot of my marketing and business expertise in that way. Well, Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Truly, this has been an honor and an absolute blast. I am so excited for everything that you have your hand involved with. I'm excited for what you're going to create next. I'm excited for the future that you're helping to foster in. This has just been so wonderful. So thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for all that you continue to do. Just just thank you. <laughs> just thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your platform with me. Thank you. My guest today has been the amazing CEO, Monica Hammond, who is the CEO of Theater Maker Studio. We've got some wonderful contact information for both Theater Maker Studio and for Monica's other company, Big Leap Brands, which we're going to be posting on our social media description as well as on our episode description. But make sure you follow and you stay up to date and involved with Theater Maker Studio because they are doing incredible stuff. If you are a young artist, I not even a young artist, if you're an aspiring artist, if you got a great work out there, whether it's a play or a musical or what have you, check this studio out. They're doing wonderful things to help foster the next generation of shows and producers and perform just all of the gamut of the art. So check them out, theatermakerstudio.com. And also make sure you stay on top of what Monica Hammond is up to because she's conquering the world. She's changing the theater world and all for the good. We're going to be seeing her name up in lights as a, as a big producer soon. And we're so honored that we got to have her here on Stage Whisper to learn about her first. So this is incredible. So check her out. Check out Theater Maker Studio as well. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones Unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.